Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. BJ Thompson is a life coach, speaker, and author. Along with Grammy Award-winning artist Lecrae, he helped launch the 116 Movement, one of the most significant faith movements in recent history. He also served alongside Brian Loritz to expand groundbreaking racial reconciliation work in Memphis, Tennessee. Over the past 20 years, BJ has worked with tens of thousands of individuals and couples all over the world, helping them experience personal and relational growth. Currently, BJ serves as the Executive Director for Build a Better Us. BJ and his wife Vanja have been married 17 years and live in Atlanta with their three children. Please welcome BJ Thompson. All right. Good morning, everyone. So glad to be here with you this morning. Um, if you missed the event from this weekend, um, the couples event, make some noise if you're at the couples event this weekend. All right, everybody over here, five people over here, right? Um, just an incredible time. We spent time talking about God's design for relationships and plans and how you can get the most out of those things. Um, I'd also like to thank the staff. Um, you know, oftentimes we do these events, and I know you hear Pastor Johnson talk, talking about all these initiatives. They take a lot of work, y'all, especially stuff on the back end. Uh, and I want to take some time right now to give it up for the volunteers. Make some noise for the volunteers. And the people that just make these things possible, I know that people like myself, my job and what I do is absolutely impossible about it. Also, i like to give a shout out to um, the online watchers. If you're watching right now, there's a camera over there. Online, those who are viewing online cannot wait to serve you this morning and pray that you be encouraged, all right? Uh, my name is BJ Thompson and I serve as the director of an organization called Build a Better Us. And Build a Better Us is essentially an organization that helps both individuals and couples with the tools and the resources that help move them from thriving, move them from survival to thriving, okay? And when you think about thriving, right, it's not just about the desperation. Anybody can feel desperate, right? In order to create transformation, you have to have the right information, right? Let's, let's just practice this formula. It's not just about having the right desperation, right? It's about also having the right what, y'all? Information, to, there y'all go, the tr to create the transformation. And so what Build a Better Us is, we focus on creating those processes, those programs and products that give people the right information so that they can experience the meaningful transformation, right? Um, this organization was not started out of a business plan, but it was started out of my own brokenness. Anybody been broken before? <laughs> a place where your life is kind of falling apart and you start realizing, I don't know what I'm doing, right? And so many of these things have come out of these things. Um, I am a Dallas native, not a Cowboy fan. I hate any Cowboys fans in the building. We have none, zero. You guys are the first people I've ever heard, not one single Cowboys fan. You know what, that's shame, right? They don't want to be known. Just give me a little thumbs up. Okay, I see that thumb back there, okay? Any Raptors fans in the, in the building tonight? Oh, okay, only a few. What's your other team then, right? 
So we live in Atlanta. My wife and Vanja live in Atlanta. Um, we have three children, 16, 12, 10 years old. So y'all pray for me, right? My life is pretty crazy. My wife went, my daughter went to homecoming last night. So pretty traumatic experience to have a daughter going to homecoming. Um, but my wife and I, Vanja, she's in the back lesson planning, um, just celebrated our 17 year anniversary, wedding anniversary. Y'all make some noise for that. That's right. Never thought we'd made it. Uh, I didn't think we'd make it this far. So I'm super excited about that. Um, but being married for 17 years, I can tell you one thing that I've learned is that being married, um, you realize things about yourself you never thought existed. Um, you see parts of yourself you would have never known. And you experience life in a way that you never could have imagined, right? Um, I remember before we were married, I kind of had this picture of marriage in my mind of what the relationship would look like. And we just kind of drawing all these different things of what rest and vacation and love would look like. And then the moment we said ID, somebody walked by, took that picture, took it out the wall, and just <laughs> ripped it into little bitty pieces, right? Because when you get into close covenant relationships, all the things that you thought in your idealism are completely wrong, right? Um, anybody remember those songs growing up about kids in love? We'd sing about couples and in relationships where you sub your name in. Y'all remember that? Y'all too young for that? Y'all remember a song about sitting on a tree? Y'all remember that song? Okay, I'm going to try it this morning, right? Um, but I don't know your boo's name. I only know my boo's name, Vanja. And so I want y'all to sing along with me. Y'all good with that? All right, you ready? Vanja and BJ sitting in a... Uh-uh, uh-uh. Nope, nope, nope. Let's try it again. Y'all ready? Vanja and BJ sitting in a... K-I-S-S-I-N. First comes, then comes, then comes BJ with the... Oh, we need to retrain y'all. This is so sad. Y'all don't know the K-I-S-S sitting in a tree song? Okay. This song not only informed just our childhood, but it informed my view of relationships, right? That I'm going to be kissing in a tree and we're going <laughs> one day we're going to have a baby carriage, right? What it did not tell me and what I did not know was that relationships are hard, right? Anybody ever expect, nobody, nobody ever expects to be with the one they love, get into a difficult conversation, they want to sleep next to you, but because they want to touch their feet under the covers, you get the covers and you crease them. I'll see y'all too young for that. <laughs> you ever been into an argument with your spouse and you're so frustrated and they sleep next to you and you don't want to sleep next to them, but that's your bed too? Right? No one told me about those moments, right? But oftentimes relationships are hard, not just because relationships are hard. Relationships are hard because we ourselves are unhealthy and may not even know it, right? Um, getting married, uh, I, I thought I was... Um, healthy and thought I was good. And I even thought I loved sharing, right? Really believed I loved sharing. Um, until she had that moment where she asked for my last bite of food. I remember the one time I was like, are you serious? She was like, babe, can I get that last bite? And I was like, Benji, you cannot be serious to get my last bite of this burger, right? And so what you think is, what you realize is, Things that you thought were true about you were not necessarily true. Here's what I realized. That relationships don't fix our issues, but they will absolutely reveal our issues. 
You see, I was unhealthy emotionally, spiritually, and physically and did not know it. I want to say something to you, very transparent. After traveling the world, speaking, coaching, helping, assisting, and serving people all over the world, willing to give the shirt off my back to serve others, what I realized is that I would give my last to take care of everyone, but the person that I was not taking care of was myself. I realized that I would give my last to take care of you, but I didn't put a lot of time into taking care of me, right? Anybody else can relate to that? Were you willing to give so much to others, to serve, to make sure they're okay, right? But you put little to no time, effort, or energy into making sure who's okay? You're okay. Being able to serve everyone but yourself, right? Um, at a certain point in my life, in my relationship, I saw that I was depressed, angry, wrestling through deep feelings of frustration, um, physically out of shape, yo-yoing back and forth, right? You know how you got those pictures over the last 10 years, and you got your thick seasons, right? <laughs> you got your skinny season, you got your thick seasons, right? And I looked at my weight, yo-yoing all those times. I watched my spiritual life plateau and hit a wall, right? And then I had my wake-up call. In 2013, after returning from speaking at an event, um, I got home, um, I came back home, and I received a frantic call from my mother. And she was losing it. And she announced to me that my father had just unexpectedly passed from a stroke and a heart attack. As I sat on the steps at my home, I not only sat in shock that I had just lost my father, but I was even more shook for this reason. My father was not sick, he was not overweight, and he did not use drugs. And yet, because of his diet, his lifestyle, and the stress of his body, his, his organs and his body could no longer take it, right? You see, my dad spent his entire life taking care of everyone, right? Except for who? himself. He spent his entire life taking care of everyone except for himself, neglecting his own self-care. In 2017, the global burden of disease uh, put out a study, and it says this, that one out of five people will die due to a poor diet, right? I know that's kind of grim, but that's just what the stats say. Don't blame me, blame the, <laughs> the researchers, right? And here's what it said. The study concluded that one out of five deaths around the world uh, would, would end because of a poor, a poor diet. A poor diet are those divine, defined by those short on veggies, seed, and nuts, but heavy in sugar and salt and trans fat. In 2017, that number came out to be 11 million deaths. And this is what the researchers said. That could have been avoided. Okay. If I'm honest, <laughs> when I think about much of the dysfunction that's happened in my own neglect of my self-care, it's because I had desperation, wanting transformation, but I lacked the right what? Information. You guys are sharp, right? When you start thinking about this idea of getting healthy, it can feel very overwhelming, right? 
feels like, okay, BJ, you're not talking about making some small change. We're talking about the completely significant shift of my life, right? And here's what all you need. You only need to need three things to start this change, okay? The first thing you need is you need a specific goal and you need to make a decision that being unhealthy is no longer an option, right? The first thing we have to do is to make a specific goal and make a decision that being unhealthy is no longer an option. I know that oftentimes when we talk about getting fit, getting shape, getting in shape, being healthy, that we would rather not have a goal, right? But when you have a specific goal, you know if you're making progress or not, right? And so this is the value of being able to say, I went from here to here and I'm able to know if I am making progress in this thing. Second thing we need to do, we have to do, is we have to know our why. What's the reason why you're doing this? Uh, who's depending on you? Um, what, what is it that you're seeking to accomplish? What's the bigger goal? What's, what's the thing that's driving you? It has to be more than that and here's why. Because if you don't know a clear why, if you don't have a, a painfully honest why, then the things that you're about to do will be very inconvenient, right? The last thing we need to know is we have to have a clear process and anticipate discomfort, discomfort as we go along. Uh, anybody remember the movie, The Matrix? Y'all remember the movie, The Matrix? Y'all so young in here. Anybody remember the movie, The Matrix? Thank you, okay, ah, thank y'all, all right? And remember when Neo was being reborn, if you haven't seen it, go to Netflix, you can easily find it. It's a classic, right? Remember when Neo was reborn and he was sitting there and he was squinching his eyes, he said, oh, my eyes hurt, right? Do you remember what Morpheus said to him? He says, why are my eyes hurting? Morpheus says to him, what? Because you've never used them before, right? Now think about it. Anytime you start something new before and you've never done it, it's going to create discomfort because what? It's new to you. <laughs> You've never done it. And so the third thing you have to do is anticipate a form of discomfort because we've never done what? We've never tried this thing before, right? Y'all don't believe me when I say all of this, right? I sound like I'm just kind of talking up here. Here's what I had to do. I had to determine my why. I had to start setting some goals. I had to start researching. And I had to start figuring out how to create a consistent habits that begin to change my life. Here's me on the left, traveling the world, serving others, um, giving my time, right, to take care of everyone, but who? Me, right? Um, and then I begin to work on this process. Here's me eight to 12 months later. Uh, 35 pounds lighter, mentally sharper, spiritually feeling joy, right? Here's what I learned. If you can change your mind, you can change your what? Your life, right? See, being tra totally transformed isn't a 2019 thing. I think we think it's a 2019 thing. It's a biblical thing. In Matthew 22, 37 through 39, Jesus talks about the greatest commands, right? And he says, if you want to really understand the word of God, here's what you need to know. That you need to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as your what? As yourself, right? 
You see, Jesus lived in a time where the religious leaders lorded over the people, the law of God, called them into rule, into worship, and yet they were sick, they were poorly taken care of, and they were not able to live in the abundance and the freedom that God had for them. And so when Jesus gives this command, he says, yes, you are to love your neighbor and serve others, but as you serve who? Yourself. You see, oftentimes we talk about loving the creator, loving others, and we exclude ourselves, right? How do we do this? The text tells us with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and our strength. Do me a favor. If you could be honest with me, raise your hand if you know you can do a much better job with your self-care. If you can do a better job taking care of you, raise your hand. I was just sharing this with my wife. There's some areas of self-care I need to start practicing better, all right? Think about it like this. If you aren't loving you, then how can you possibly love the creator and others well? Think about that. To the degree that you're able to love you will be to the degree that you'll be able to love God and others, right? Well, despite knowing all these things, um, uh, the practicality and the information of transformation eludes us. And so this morning, I'd love to talk about caring for our minds, um, caring for our bodies, and caring for our souls. Is that good? Y'all ready to get into this? Mm-mm. Y'all ready to get into this? Okay, I'm excited too. All right, you ready? Let's talk about our minds. The word trauma is becoming a buzzword. <laughs> Here, trauma. Everybody's talking about they have a trauma, right? And the thing about a buzzword is sometimes you can repeat it so much you don't necessarily know what it means at a certain point. Um, Raise your hand if you have a brain. (laughs) Touch your neighbor that hadn't raised their hand. Raise your hand. (laughs) Let's just try this one more time. Raise your hand if you have a brain, right? Keep those hands up. If your neighbor don't have their hand up, just pray for them, right? (laughs) Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up if you know how that brain works. If you've studied how the brain works, keep your hand up. You ain't got a lot of kick. It's just tell the truth, right? The people with their hands up, y'all make sure y'all go talk to them. They know every conspiracy you can imagine, right? Go talk to them. Those are YouTube people. And I want you to think about this. Unlike any other organ, the brain is the single most important organ you possess. Because it contains, it controls the body and houses the soul, okay? I want to talk a little bit about the brain, okay, and how the brain actually works. So the hippocampus, and I'll make it very simple, right, because I'm a simple-minded person. I need to make things very simple. You have something what's called a hippocampus, which is your memory file, right? This is why if you have a loss of memory, it's because you've hurt your hippocampus in your brain. It's a part of your brain, Okay. And what it is, it's just a file cabinet, okay? You do something, and every time it happens, you open up the drawer, file, right? You have lunch with your brother, file. You have a discussion with your mother, file. You go out with your friends, file, right? That's your hippocampus. It happens, your memory goes into your hippocampus, your file cabinet, right? Your amygdala, or your limbic brain, is where the emotions come at, right? So if it was a tense conversation with your mother, you put a label on it, file. (laughs) If it was a happy experience with a food, you put a label on it and you file, right? Like this is what your brain is doing all the time, right? 
Well, we oftentimes make file decisions. Here's what trauma is. Trauma is an inflated entry, data entry. You get into a traumatic situation, you open up the cabinet to do it, file. It doesn't fit. And so what we do with trauma is, we'll try to put it into our file cabinet, but because it's so distinct in, from all the ways that we process information, sometimes we'll just try to act like it never happened, right? Now here's the thing about trauma, is that trauma still gets the label, just like everything else. The amygdala is still going to label it, right? Think about this. When you have a lime, think about a sour lime. And if you can imagine a sour lime getting closer to your mouth and you're about to put a sour lime into your mouth, what is your, your mouth starting to do? Starting to do what? Starting water. Why? Because what's telling it to water? Your what? Your limbic brain. Your, look at y'all. Y'all go, hey, listen. I am so excited that you're tracking with this. Your limbic brain is telling it the emotion in the chemicals to secrete. So when you try to ignore trauma and you see that thing, your limbic brain never forgot. And so when we don't deal with trauma, those things, maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been neglected. Maybe you have had, went through a divorce. Maybe you had some situations where you've been harmed and you try to act like it never happened. Your brain never forgot. And so here's what happens. When you see that object or something reminds you of that object, it makes pain. You say, ouch. And that ouch is pain. And when people feel a lot of pain, you know what they want pain. You know what they desire? Pleasure. When we don't deal with trauma and we run to pleasure without dealing with it, it's called a coping mechanism. Right? This is why people will get into risky sexual relationships. This is why people will drink excessively. This is why we'll even eat when we feel bad. Why? Because our brain is telling us, ouch, and we have to do something to make it feel better. Right? But I want to give you some encouragement. Because oftentimes we think that we can, we, that we think that we have to be defined by trauma. Here's what I would say. We can all deal with painful things in our lives no matter what has occurred. Here's what we do. When we confront trauma, we begin first and foremost to express those things to safe people in our lives, right? You need some safe people you can talk with about this thing. It could have happened 30 years ago. Doesn't matter, right? Could have meant nothing to anyone else. It means something to you, right? And so one, you wanna have safe people. Second of all, you want to deal with trained professionals, right? There's a thing called EDMR, EMDR. It's eye movement uh, treatment. It's basically called a trauma therapist. These are people who specialize in helping you deal with these files, right? The last thing you want to do is potentially take medication. You may get to a place where you need to, to take a, a little medication to help you as you navigate that. But here's what happens to the trauma. Remember that big ball that we had before? It's the same ball, isn't it? It's the same trauma, isn't it? But you know what your brain can finally do when you start healing it? File, right? And that's good news. It's good news that no matter what's happened to us, you and I don't have to be 
um, defined by trauma, we can be refined by trauma. Y'all make some noise for that good news. Not only do we need to heal our minds, um, we need to heal our bodies. As I read earlier, one-fifth of people on the planet will die due to a poor eye. I want you to hear those stats. Those are staggering stats, right? What we consume is supposed to heal our bodies, not harm them, right? Why aren't our bodies healing, you ask? Um, someone asks, invites you to dinner. You guys know this, how this goes. And they ask you, what do we eat? Typically, we reply, I eat what? Everything. I want you to think about that. We reply, I eat everything. Now think about that. That means that we don't have any sense of boundaries or restrictions on our diet, right? That means that whatever the impact of that food, that nutrient, we, we have just embraced whatever it is, it's what it's going to be, right? And I'll tell you why that's a poor thing. When we eat everything, not realizing, we don't realize that the chemicals, I was gonna try to keep the ball, but I was like, I'm gonna have to kick this to one of y'all over here, right? <laughs> when we eat everything, we don't realize the chemicals that we're bringing into our body, the GMOs, the, um, the antibiotics, and all these different things that are being used to preserve what we eat is coming into our saliva and it's making, becoming one with us, right? Not only are we not healing because of what we eat or uh, because we eat everything, we're not healing because we don't rest, right? Some of us will serve people till we can't, we just fall out. <laughs> Some of us don't have a good sleeping routine. And I want to tell you this, when we don't sleep and we don't have intention to sleep and a plan to sleep, we begin to slowly burn out, Right? And so what, what has to happen is we have to begin to think about our sleep pattern. Not only that, our bodies are not healing because we store toxins, right? Remember I talked about these different things that you're eating. When your saliva breaks down this food into your intestines, it goes into your fat cells. And then it goes into your bloodstream. And then your blood goes all over your body, right? If you are storing toxins in your fat, remember this is a microbiological war. If you're storing toxins in your fat, that means your brain and all of your major organs are filled with toxins because of where it's flowing, right? How do we heal our bodies, right? The, the first way we heal our bodies is by creating informed eating. The question is, why do you eat what you eat besides it tastes good? Here's kind of the rule of thumb I share, that food should not just be good to you, it should be good for you, right? That's kind of my rule of thumb. Um, sleeping, um, creating a sleeping routine. Um, what time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up? And then creating a routine about around those things, right? Um, sweating, right? You need to sweat. You need to find a way to sweat through workout and through exercise, right? Um, to get those toxins out. Um, you need to pee, right? This is another form of sweat, is that when you go to the bathroom and that that color is not clear, you need to drink more water, right? No, that sounds really basic. And the last thing is you need to create a regular bowel movement routine or you need to poop, right? <laughs> Y'all love that. I'm the am I the first person to say poop on the stage? Yes. 
You need to create a regular moment of a bowel movement because remember, your, your body is storing toxins and you want to get those out, okay? Not only do we need to heal our bodies, um, we need to heal our souls. We've been conditioned to believe we are human doers and not human beings, right? Um, people often ask us, how are we doing? And we re reply very quickly, we're doing how? Fine, good, <laughs> right? It fluctuates between the two. It's like those are like neck and neck. Now, here's the thing. How do you know you're doing good and you haven't even stopped to think about how you're doing? How do you know you're doing good and you haven't even paused to think about it? We have been conditioning ourselves to say we're good and we're fine with no type of reflection, right? And so here's what happens. We end up going through the motions and yet we're totally unaware of our emotions, right? As a teen, um, I used to work as a lifeguard. I look like a lifeguard? Like David Hasselhoff, right? Baywatch, right? Used to work as a lifeguard. And one of the things that's very interesting about a lifeguard is, you know, you have to kind of secure, um, you know, the facility and make sure that people don't drown, okay? That's like the number one thing, okay? That's like the biggest thing about your job, right? You get fired for that. Um, but as people are getting in the water and they're going from one side to the next, you know, you'll see this swim test. And, you know, oftentimes most people will make it through, but then you'll have people that will get through and you know it's bad when they get in with the doggy paddle, right? When you get in like this, it's like, oh, okay, this is a bad situation, right? And as people truck along the water and they're no longer able to stand up, you gradually see them move from this slow doggy paddle to this all-out panic, right? Here's why. They knew they needed help. They knew they were struggling. And yet, they didn't ask for a thing. Why? Because they didn't think anybody would care. Here's what I want to say to us. Many of us will get to these places where we know we need help. We know we're struggling, but we won't speak up, right? We just, we're just going to keep on going, right? This doggy paddle has worked for long enough, and it's because we don't think anybody cares about us, that they'll do something. Here's another rule of thumb. People read signs. They cannot read your mind, Right? That means they can read when you speak to them and you share with them, but they can't read and know that things are going on, right? And so I want to encourage us, especially those of us who are always looking to help others, right? That they don't know when you're not doing good. They don't know when you're not doing well. They don't know when you're in a position where you need the help, right? Um, repeat after me. Y'all ready? Say, my Say, my feelings matter. It's so difficult for us, especially of those of us who give our lives to others all the time, to believe that my feelings actually matter, right? When you can't explain your feelings, it's a good sign that you don't know yourself. And if you do not know yourself, then you cannot love yourself. Let me give you just practical application to helping 
love yourself on an emotional level. Learn how to take your pulse, right? When you are a runner, they teach you how to put your finger to take a pulse, right? Taking your pulse simply means that you need to do check-ins with yourself on how you're doing. And you need to ask yourself, what am I feeling? What am I experiencing, right? Keep case in point. Let's just say you have been coming across very short and very angry, right? Well, you may not, you may be expressing yourself in anger, but the truth of the matter is you feel shame, you feel guilt, um, that situation make you feel embarrassed. Um, you're now feeling unheard and unseen and unloved, right? Taking your pulse is you taking the time to get at the root of what it is that you're feeling, not how it is that you're expressing yourself, right? The other thing that we have to do is ask help from God and from other people, right? Because again, when, as we keep on in this journey, we don't even realize that God is making himself available for us, right? And people who we trust and love will make themselves available for us, but they won't know because they don't read minds. What do they read? Signs. Good, y'all. Good. I have some good news for you today. Again, especially for those of us who will take care of everyone, but who? Ourselves. I'm so guilty of this, y'all. Um, after my father passed unexpectedly, now remember, he was not overweight. He was not sick. He did not do drugs. So I, he would have thought he was just fine, right? After my father passed, I vowed that I would inform every person that I know um, with the skills of the physical, the mental, and the spiritual care that would allow them to thrive, not just survive. Because remember, it's not just about desperation. It's about having the right what? Information. You're sharp, right? So we created a 45-day challenge to teach people all, all over the world the everyday skills to elevate their health, right? There's 10,000 diets and fitness plans out there, y'all. Um, which one of them works for everyone? None. Y'all can say that with confidence, right? I grew up in this era. Do y'all remember this era of transformation? If you wanted to get healthy, you went and got a rice cake. Y'all remember that? Didn't nobody know what was in the rice cake, but we was eating them. <laughs> I grew up in that era. I grew up in the no carbs, and you starve yourself, and you hate yourself. I grew up in all these different things, and I realized this. Diets don't work, but people do. The reason why this doesn't work is because it's not the diet. It's not the fitness plan. It's you, right? And with the right coaching and accountability, you can learn the mindset that transforms life. You see in my clients here, and these are people all over the world, okay? I'm going to tell you about Paul and then I'll close, okay? So remember, it's not about the diet or the, or the fitness plan. It's about who? Me. And so, again, with the right coaching and the right accountability around those things, you and everyone can learn how to make any diet, any fitness plan work for your body, right? Um, Paul had tried everything unsuccessfully. Um, Paul reached out to me, and he messaged me. He saw this challenge, right? People hear it like, oh, good, cool, we'll see what happens. So Paul messages me, and he says, um, BJ, love to do this challenge. And I asked him, I said, Paul, what's your goal? He says, I want to lose 50 pounds. 
I said, why do you want to lose 50 pounds, Paul? He says, so I can fit in these jeans. I was like, Paul, who didn't want to fit into some jeans right now, right? <laughs> and I said, Paul, there's no way you're going to lose 50 pounds and keep it off simply because you want to fit into some jeans, right? I said, give me a bigger reason. Give me a bigger why as to how you're going to sustain what I'm about to teach you. So then he sent me this. True story. This is a heartbeat uh, monitor. Paul had just recently come back to the from the doctor and says that he was at a hypertension three and he was essentially one meal from a heart attack. So I messaged Paul and I said, Paul, here's the, here's the reality. I said, you're scared, you are nervous, you are anxious right now because of what's happening. I said, here's the thing. And I, you know, I'm really straightforward. I said, Paul, if you follow these instructions, this coaching, you don't cut corners and you have fun, you work with your partner and you have fun, your life would dramatically change, right? So Paul starts the program. He lives on the other side of the country. Starts the program. 30 days in, Paul sends me the second update with his heart. Paul's heart rate moved from a hypertension three to normal, and now he's moving towards optimal, right? So Paul, send me a picture of your progress. I want to see your update. So then Paul sends me this. Paul's 37 pounds lighter now. We're on our way to 100, right? Then he sends me this note. He says, BJ, I got, I, I got this note. I want you to read, okay? He says, my blood pressure is in the green, y'all. He's exclamation points. First picture was taken before the challenge. The last two were taken today. BJ, I can't thank you enough. Tell you how thankful I am for creating this challenge. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm going to lose 100 pounds. That's my goal with Paul. We're working on him losing 100 pounds. Um... He says this, um, I went from a 3X to 2X during this challenge. My pants don't fit. Uh, that's a warning for all my clients. You, you may have to buy new clothes. So I'll just tell you that right now. Um, my underwear don't fit. TMI. Why did Paul, why'd you tell me your underwear don't fit? We're friends. You don't have to tell me this, Paul. How do you want to tell me about your underwear not fitting? But I want you to hear this last piece. He says this, my min my, the quality of my sleep is better. My mental health has improved greatly. I'm in touch with my feelings, and I am less depressed now. I'm thankful, exclamation points. I'm crying right now because my, my life is changing. Now think about that. Paul was desperate, but desperation doesn't lead to transformation. What did Paul need? The right information, right? Here's my question to you. What's your health goal in this season? What's your why? Why do you want to do it? Right? And is your why bigger than your goal? Right? Who do you need to get healthy for? Who do you need to be around for? Right? And who would suffer if you did not choose to take action? Right? I'm starting a global challenge January 7th. On January 7th, I'm going to take people all over the world through seven weeks of a mind, spirit, and soul transformation. But this is what I have for you. This weekend, 
For the next 72 hours, I'm giving 50% off my program starting January 7th. Visit the 45 day, this is the site, I'll have pastors send this out. Say the 40, now repeat after me, let's do it like this. Say the 45 day total, total transformation.com. This is where you can register. Here's what you can do. We partner people all over the world together. If you'd like to find a partner all over the world, we partner people randomly to do great. But you may know someone who you say, I want to do this with you. We need to do this together, and we'll partner you guys together, okay? Here's what I'll end with on this. Even if you don't do the transformation challenge that we're doing with people both all over the world, do something. Do something. Because the truth of the matter is, we only have one of you, right? And one of the things that I wish I could have taken back was I wish I would have started on a better pathway of taking me. But today that has to end, right? Let's pray. Father, I just pray for my sisters and my brothers. God, as they hear about taking care of themselves and they find themselves in a situation where God, it's a new season. God, many of us have been putting off our health in multiple ways. Help us to be not neglectful. Help us to find joy. Help us to find love. And help us to remember that you want us to be free. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we thank you that, God, you have not forgotten or forsaken us. And you give us just what we need at the right moment. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time. Thank you.